A man in today's world wants support and guidance when tackling life's problems, but many times we feel that we need to keep our heads high and just deal with it. You know, that's not always the way to handle the issues. Now, there's Fundamentals with Carl Bobo. From health issues to family, workplace, sports, and more, we're here to provide a frank and open discussion of the topics men need to hear. Now, here's your host, Carl Bobo. Hello, what's happening, Fundamen? How's everybody out there? Welcome back to Fundamentals. And you are here. Hearing it correctly, I am placing the emphasis on the M-E-N, because it is a men's show. It's for men. It's about men. Uh, If you all remember the late, great James Brown uh, had a song out that said, it's it's a man's world. (laughs) But he went ahead and and continued in that same verse. He said, but it, it wouldn't be nothing without a woman or a girl. And that's why we say even though Fundamentals is a man's show, it's also a great source for the great women out there who appreciate, love, and support your Fundamen. And we want you to know that we salute you as well. Welcome, and I'm your host, Carl Bobo. And we are certainly glad to have you with us on today. Let's jump right into this topic. I've kind of chosen a a topic for us to you know talk about a little bit today, and I want to call this one "Your Actions Define Your Name." Your actions define your name. Now look here to be be a little transparent with you today, I, and to set this stage, I, I've got to let some things uh, out just about me because I want to let you know even the time when when I made a mistake, and don't misunderstand me when I say made a mistake like I haven't made more than one, but I'm going to share uh, one with you because uh, I think that's important for us to understand that everybody makes a mistake. And yes, I'm not Superman. I am a fundamental. And truth be told, I'd rather be a fundamental than Superman because fundamental are real men with real issues. Superman is just kind of an unrealistic character. So I want you to know, you know, I've made mistakes because I'm a human. You've made mistakes because you're a human. Uh, that's what it's all about. I hope you feel me out there, Fundamental, today. Like, I'm going to take you back a few years when I was a teenager. Uh, a few years ago, not long, a few years ago, just a few years. But I tell you what, my, uh, uh, my parents... Uh, had entrusted me with the awesome responsibility of driving a car. And I do want to place the emphasis on entrusted me because too many children feel it is their right, they're entitled, and, and, and they don't understand the responsibility that goes with driving a car. So my, my parents entrusted me with this responsibility, and I do appreciate uh, that they did, especially at such a young age of 16 years uh, of age, where, where I would be prone to make mistakes as a young man. My first car was a 1969 Chevy Camaro. And man, let me tell you something, that was a bad car. Whew. I mean, it, 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 it was clean. I mean, it had a metallic blue color. And 
I mean spotless, look good. I had front light covers uh, uh, on the front of the car covering the, the headlights. And uh, none of the other cars that I saw on the road had that like mine did. Uh, had a, a 327 engine in there and put a slapstick in there and I put some glass uh, pipe mufflers on the back. But it, it was bad. Matter of fact, my parents don't know this, but uh, heck, I used to race it on Friday and Saturday nights. You know, we, we had a, a bunch of, you know how kids can be now. Come on, let's let's keep it real. And some of y'all have done the same thing, but we'd get together and go over to this kind of warehouse di- uh, district off the 91 freeway, and there was nobody around, and we could see if police were coming from a long way away. And man, we would rev it up. We'd race for money. And I will say, I made quite a little change during those days to. Uh, racing that that Camaro, but but it was it was a beautiful car, and I'm telling you, I took great pride in that car. You know, uh, 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 it was a it was one of those that drew a lot of attention, and I'm not gonna sit there and kid you, but boy, the ladies used to love it. You know, got a lot of eyes when I was riding around in that car. Everywhere I went, eyes would be looking. So. I, I was really proud of that car. Matter of fact, I, I was so so carried away with it that I used to carry this uh, cleaning rag with me everywhere I went in my car. Cup it in the inside of the car. And this this is so crazy when I think about it now. But back in those days, if I just drove through a puddle of water, I don't care where, I pull over on the side of the road and wipe that water off my car. Yeah. Now. I actually think that's also pretty good because it also shows that I actually cared. Uh, I actually probably treated that car better than I treat the ones I have now. Uh, but but I had a lot of proud, uh, pride in that car, and um, uh, just it just truly enjoyed it. Well, I also had a a friend of mine who worked at a auto store, tire shop and all that kind of stuff. So I kind of, as, as, as the young people would say, uh, uh, and as, as we would always say back in those days, I had to hook up, you know, so when I needed something for my car, I could just call one of my boy, my boy and just say, hey, man, uh, I need some tires. And man, he would he would bring me over some Michelin tires and, and I'd pay him some cash for it. Uh, if I needed something else, you know, like a, uh, when I needed some muffler, he'd bring that over, whatever I needed. I mean, I had a color ball on the inside and all kind of stuff. And, and some of you may be familiar with some of those things. But, but my boy would just hook me up whatever I needed. I mean, I had some, some rims, some chrome rims that just shined like the sun shining bright. And everywhere you ride, you just see those rims just, just shining. Now, look here. Uh, I had a job. So let me be clear. I, I worked there back in those days. It was called uh, Alpha Beta Grocery Store. Man, I was packing bags and stocking shelves and doing all that good stuff. So I, I started that off at a young age. Uh, and I could pay for for the things that I had. So so I, I did have a job and I and I could go ahead and pay for anything that, that I needed for my particular car. And I could prove it. But one day I got a, I was riding down the street. Got pulled over by the po-po, as you said, the police. And they started questioning me, being a young man, 
about these nice Michelin tires I was riding on because see, back in my day, a lot of my friends were riding around on what did they call them back then? A retreads because, hey, man, money was tight. You know, so you couldn't go buy no new tires. But here I am, this 16 year old guy uh, uh, riding around with brand new Michelin zone. So so I got pulled over and I got questioned in the third degree about uh, all of these nice things I had on my car. And uh, I had to answer a lot of questions uh, to the police and kind of explain to them that, hey, look here, I, I, I got a job and even had a pay stub on me and said, you know, so I, I could buy it. And, and I probably was a little sarcastic uh, at my young age, even in talking to him, because I knew that, you know, I, I paid money for everything that I had. However, they told me about something that, that, that kind of shook me a little bit. And they said, Carl, look, look here, young man, we want you to understand something. Okay, we see you got a job. We understand that. But our question is how you came about getting these tires. And I'm like, what do you mean? How to come? I said, I bought them from a friend of mine. And he said, well, did you go into the shop? I said, no. He brought them to me. And he said, uh, did, did you, how did you pay them? And I said, I paid them cash. They said, did you have a receipt? And I said, yes, sir. And <laughs> he, I handed them this, this handwritten receipt he gave me. And what they told me, they said, Carl, look, look here, young man. Your friend is under suspicion of stealing from his company. And we've been watching him and selling some things on the side. And I said, okay, what does that have to do with me? Now, you know, I mean, I really didn't have any uh, ironclad uh, evidence that that's what he was doing. This is what they told me. Now, I, I just thought I was getting a good deal and that maybe he was getting some great employee discount. Yeah, but but I got to admit, fundamental man, there was a little bit in the back of my mind saying, ah, you know, this probably ain't on straight up, up and up, but hey, I'm paying for it and I'm not doing anything wrong. I didn't steal it. And I'm getting the benefit of a good deal that I couldn't get anywhere else. And I'm riding on some good tires that ordinarily I couldn't get because this would have cost me probably a month paycheck just to sit back there and afford those tires. Yeah. So then when they said, they said, Carl, you need to understand, young man, is we, 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 we've got our eyes on him and we continue to, and, and, and we're probably going to end up prosecuting him. And if we find out that you are part of this, then uh, you're going to go to jail too. Man, fundamental, fundamental, fundamental. Boy, did my heart start beating. I'm sitting there saying, what? What are you talking about? I said, I haven't done anything wrong. Dude said he had some tires. I bought them from him. How, how do I get tired? They say, well, the, the owner of the store said there was a lot of things that were kind of going out the back door and, and they would pass some cameras up and they caught him taking some things away that never that he was not authorized to do. And uh, we're trying to find out who all was involved. And I said, well, man, so whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I wasn't involved. And they said, sir, we, you know, we, 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 we're watching but we clearly see that you did pay, you have a receipt uh, for it, but from, a, from a, uh, a different perspective, they say you need to start asking more questions when you do it. We're gonna let you go because you clearly were not involved in this thing, but you need to start asking more questions before you just do some things because you can be guilty by association. 
And you're just as guilty if you are receiving stolen property as the person who's actually doing the stealing. And my heart, fundamentally, my heart was just jumping because I sat there and I said, if these guys had not been somewhat reasonable and understood that I technically uh, didn't do nothing wrong, even though I did make a mistake, then I should have just gone down to the tire store. But I was taking advantage of the hookup like some of us uh, have done in the course of our lives back when we in our youth. And I, I, as I thought through the process, my, uh, my heart, I said my heart was beating because I sat there and I said, man, if something happened and they put me in jail, how could I explain this to my parents? How could I sit there and look them in the eye when they entrusted me with this car? And to sit back there now, find myself in an uncomfortable situation. And then worse than that, I said, Mom, not only disappointing my parents, but heck, if I got a record, I would follow me the rest of my life, and I, I would be completely messed up. And uh, and to make a long story short, you know, the truth of the matter is they did end up arresting uh, this guy that I got him from, and he ended up uh, losing his job. And I don't think he did any time, if I remember right. It's been a long, long time ago, but I don't think he did any time, but, I did th but he did get a record. And I think he was put on probation and, and things of that nature for it. But it was just one of those wake-up calls for me. And it made me realize that one mistake can impact the rest of my life. And you know, fundamentally, I was brought up better than that. that. That's not how I was brought up. I didn't even need to hook up because I had a job. I didn't need to hook up because I had two parents that were in the house, that if I really needed those tires, they would have got them for me. Now, they may have made me work it off over a period of time, but but I didn't need to do it. But fundamentally, we need to understand our actions define our name. People don't always listen to what you say, but they always watch what you do. So make sure it's from a positive things and, and, and not necessarily from negative. Young fundamental out there, hear me. If you're sitting there listening, please listen to me and understand. Your actions define your name. You have your whole life ahead of you. Don't do something dumb in your youth that will be an anchor around your neck for the rest of your life. I can't tell you how many times uh, I hurt on the inside when some very sharp young man or very sharp young lady uh, came to me uh, during the job interview for an opportunity and, and, and they impressed me a lot on the interview and that I wanted to give them the job, wanted to help them out, only to be shut down when we perform the background check. And if you're a teenager and they tell you that your record will be sealed, let me tell you something, that doesn't mean what you think it does. You know, if, if they put handcuffs on you and you were a teenager and told you it'd be sealed, uh, let me tell you, we'll find it every time. And I'm telling you, in the financial services industry, I saw it over and over again. You know, with this technology that we have today, that's nothing a secret. You know, I remember I, I really got uh, hurt one day when this sharp young man uh, from the Bear came to me for an interview. And I mean, I listened to him and he reminded me of one of my sons. And I sat there and I said, God, I, I've got to give this guy a chance. Chance. I mean, I'm going to do whatever I can to help this dude out. Man, we did a background check and something came up in his background. Now, now watch this. This dude had a weapon 
weapons charge in his background, but he never had touched a weapon in his life. One day he was on his way to, uh, I forgot, some from one city to the next, and he was getting ready to catch the bus, and some friends drove by, and they saw him on the bus stop, decided to pick him up and drive him where he w- was going and drop him off because they happened to be going that direction. In, the, in route, the police pulled him over, found out that there was a weapon in the inside, uh, in the car, and this guy was uh, uh, convicted just like the rest of them. Now, in his paperwork, it showed that it was not his. They all said it was not his. They all validated his story that he was just a passenger. They just picked him up. But at the same time, we still were able to pull that up in his background check, and I was not able to offer this young man a job. You know, so, so if you don't want your secret out, just don't do it. I tell people, just don't do it. Now, listen, uh, listen to your parents, young men. I know some of you, you uh, will say that some of your parents may not have behaved themselves in such a way that warrants you to listen to them. But but I want you to look at it from a different perspective. Maybe just maybe they're trying to keep you from making the same mistakes that you possibly made that, me, that they made when they were in their youth. You know, and if you don't have great role models at home, young funder men, you know, seek mentoring outside of the home from successful people. You know, most successful people love to reach down and uh, to, to help out. And I was fortunate again to have my parents in the house, but at the same time, I still went outside the house and, and sought, uh, sought other advice. Uh, you know, coaches and friends, uh, parents, uh, 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 teachers, guidance counselors, principals, other family members. You know, heck, you can even go to other fundamental men, you know, handle your business, do, do get, get, get some people uh, in your life. Uh, older fundamental fathers, let me make sure we understand something. Your actions and non-actions define your name. Not only are your ch- children watching, but other children as well. I've seen children come into school labeled simply because of their dad's name, whether that's positive or negative. You know, on the positive side, you got a good name, they give your child the benefit of the doubt. On a negative side, you don't. They all that your children have to overcome your reputation to be successful. So so pay attention to that fund, father fundamental. You know, fundamental. Also understand that other men are watching as well. Had a, a guy I used to know who who told a story one day when he was getting off work. And uh, so they were they were leaving this plant that he worked in, and and one of his colleagues went to the old paper machines that they used to have on the side of the roads, and you put your quarter in and open it up, and the stacks of paper, and you just take yours out and put it back. I mean, you take yours out and close it up. And uh, he told the story that how his his, his peer uh, put his quarter in and raised it up and took his paper out, and he said, "Hey, man, you want a paper?" And the guy said, "Yeah." And he said, well, "Here, just go ahead and grab it. I already got it open." And he decided not to do do that. He said, no, he closed it down and put his own quarter in and opened it up and got his own paper. And he said the next day when he got back to work, there was another man uh, that works with him who said that I was on the, the top floor of the office building looking out the window. And I saw what happened when you went to the paper rack. And he said, I want you to know that now I see your integrity is real. So we got to understand fundamentally our actions define our name. And married fundamental, all I'm going to say is this. Our actions define our name. 
the same name that we ask our wives to take as their name. Now, I'm going to let you think about that for a minute as we prepare to go into break. And I want you to come right back because we're going to answer some of your questions. And whew, the questions are heating up. You guys not letting me go right now. So the questions are heating up. You don't want to miss this next section. We'll be right back. This is Bobo with Fundamentals. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. Voiceamerica.tv is online now. The leader in live internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. Voiceamerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit voiceamerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. Voiceamerica.tv. Take us on the go. It's even easier now. The Voice America Talk Radio Network has launched our mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market to download the app powered by Aircast. It's free and no registration is necessary. In minutes, you could be enjoying your favorite Voice America Talk Radio host, no matter where you are, in the car, out and about, while traveling, or anytime you can't be close to your computer. Catch up on the archives you've missed or discover new shows on the spot. Search Voice America at your favorite app store. This is Fundamentals with Carl Bobo. To connect with our show, please send an email to carl at choose2embracelife.com. That's K-A-R-L at choose, the number two, embracelife.com. Now, let's get back to Fundamentals. All right, welcome back. Welcome back. Uh, appreciate your time uh, with me right up to this point as we deal with this awesome subject, and I think well-needed and well-timed subject of your name. Uh, your our actions define your names. Right now, we come to a part of our program that we want to entertain some of the questions that you have submitted. A few weeks ago, I started asking you to send some things in because I wanted to understand and wanted you to understand uh, that it's about you. It's not about me. So uh, we appreciate those of you that have taken some time to send in some questions in, and we encourage others of you to do it, and we'll try to answer those in this particular uh, section. Uh, I got one question from David in California. David, if you're on the line, say hello, and we appreciate you submitting the question. He says, look here, uh, Carl, uh, I've abused drugs for years, let a lot of people down, trying to get back on my feet. He said, but my problem is I can't find a job. He says, I've been clean for 25 months and two days. Do you have any advice? Wow, David. You know, first of all, I do want to you know, thank you thank you again for writing in. And, and, and the first thing I do want to congratulate you on is 25 months and two days of being clean. Uh, I especially like the two days. And I want to put the emphasis on that because, see, by you putting the two days on there lets me see that you're looking realistic at this situation that you have. It's one day at a time. You know, you can't win the battle by sitting and saying, I'm there, that you're taking it one day at a time. And you need, I, I look for 
or to maybe chatting with you down the road sometime when you tell me, Carl, it's been five years, three months, seven days, and two hours. I mean, that's that's how you seriously attack a problem like that. So I commend you for that. Uh, now, now, David, there are some jobs out there, and I understand, you know, the, the economy and things of that, that nature, but there's some jobs out there, uh, but you have to be transparent. You know, so for, first thing is, you know, I've learned that for the most part, people are good people, and they'll help somebody who's been down, but you got to just be transparent and say, hey, look, yeah, I made a mistake, and I'm, I'm, I just need some help in trying to find a job, and in many ways, they'll help you. Uh, another thing I'd like you to consider, David, is... Uh, maybe go back to some treatment centers, maybe even some facilities that you were a part of and look at getting some credentials uh, that maybe you can talk to some people that are going through some difficulties that you've already been able to overcome, even though you continue to deal with them uh, on a regular basis, but you've, you've, you've made it 25 months in two days. Uh, one thing I've learned is that uh, the most effective people are people that have gone through some things. People will listen to them. I don't. I don't even like to have, talk to somebody who can't relate to what I'm talking about. You know, give me some. I want to talk to somebody who who can understand, who's been there. And that's why, even in the last session, I want you to understand I'm a fund of man, and I made mistakes just like you you have done. So, uh, try doing that. If you can't find any organizations, if you can't get anything through uh, the organizations that helped you, uh, give me a call or send me an email. And I'll reach out to some organizations that that we're in contact with and see if we can help you out in that particular arena. Uh, uh, and, and it doesn't say we're part of California you're from, but uh, we've got some contacts in California. And we'll try to help you out a little bit. Got another question here from Stephen, uh, all the way in Oregon. Stephen, he says, Carl, uh, can you provide any insight into libido issues? Whew. Uh, hey, Stephen. Hey, thanks for sending this in, man. Uh, he goes on to say, by the way, I love your show. Uh, so I say, uh, thanks for your comments and encouragement about the show. Uh, wish you were a little bit more specific on your question, because just saying libido issues does not give me a whole lot of insight uh, where to go. So I'm going to have to uh, take a stab at this uh, from a high level perspective and see if maybe it, it, it answers your question. Uh, based on the limited information that I have. Uh, Stephen, so what I want to say is that, look, we live in the most advanced society ever on the face of this earth. I mean, the things that man is able to do right now is mind-blowing. You know, we, we're curing diseases, uh, building buildings that can withstand earthquakes. Man, they are, we We've got self-driving cars riding around here in California. So uh, you, you, they pull up next to you and you say, man, ain't nobody in the driver's seat. So what I'm saying about all this is that uh, in the most progressive cities, they usually have programs, medical procedures and different things that can help you out with your libido issues. Now, back in the old days, there may not have things weren't talked about and there may not have been a whole lot of solutions. But what I want you to understand and all fundamental out there, you know, you just have to be honest about whatever issue that you are experiencing and you need to understand that you're not alone. You know, stop sweeping this stuff under the carpet. You know, in this information and technology era, you can gain a lot of insight off the Internet. You know, but I'm glad you brought the question up. It's it's normally a subject that, you know, men don't want to talk about, but, but are only hurting themselves by remaining silent. So I encourage you. 
to go ahead and, and, and reach out a little bit because I'm pretty sure that you can find a solution locally. And I'm going to tell you, just like I told you, if you can't find a solution locally, email uh, me because here in California, we've got some of the progressive medical doctors out there. And uh, I'm sure that we can put you in touch with somebody. And hopefully that can uh, answer the questions that you may have and put you uh, on the right path to restoring that uh, libido. Let's see. Uh, I got another question. Richard from L.A. <laughs> Richard, well, you're making it hard on me. Richard says, I have needs and my wife is a little lax in fulfilling my needs. And he, and he capitalizes the word help. Well, man. Well, first of all, Richard, I'm going to say what's happening, homeboy. I kind of I grew up in, in uh, Southern Cal myself. So definitely want to say hello to you. Uh, and uh, I do got to say to all you fundamen, you know, we ask for questions that you guys are now, now rolling up the sleeves and you're not holding back. Uh, so we'll go ahead and try to do what we can do to answer this. Now, now, Richard, I've been counseling couples uh, for many years of my life, and this is not the first time uh, that this subject has come up. Matter of fact, uh, it probably comes up in most a uh, couple counseling sessions, you know, I mean, I'm going to say definitely the majority of them. Um, and the simple answer is not having all the details of what's happening in your relationship that so I can't definitely uh, speak on everything. But the simple answer is that it's going to take some compromise on both parts. I've always said you want to get things done. Both people have to be willing to make some compromises. Uh, usually what I've seen in counseling sessions is that uh, you know, many times it's the wives' uh, angle is that they're usually tired. You know, they they, they work out at a home and uh, they deal with the children and they've got to cook dinner and all this stuff. And they just say, hey, look, I have fatigued. I don't have the energy to to be there for him as often as he wants to. So uh, what I've what I've done in the past to some men is I said, look here, you know, what you may want to consider is, is help out around the house a little bit. You you make a compromise. And help out a little bit, you know, maybe uh, cook dinner for one night or, or, or the dishes and help out with the kids and let, let her get some rest. And uh, maybe she comes home, just let her go take a bubble bath or something and, and you handle everything for a while. Uh, you know, those little things that can, can can help out a little bit. But then on the wives side, now, now wives, you, if, you, if you're listening to this particular call, you know, you need to also uh, compromise as well. You know, because I've always said, you know, when when you're tired, you still go to work. When you're tired, you still take care of those mother's duties with those children. When you're tired, you still do all those things. And if you want to go shopping, you find the energy to go shop. When you're tired, you find the energy to go spend some time with your girlfriends or go to a movie and things of that nature. Well, you know, part of your compromise is to make your your husband's satisfaction a part of your agenda that's all he's asked for you know put it in there in the same category as taking care with the children and taking care of the, uh, the home going to work and things of that nature and i think if both people work together and compromise usually you can come up with a fairly comfortable uh, solution and uh, uh things have a tendency of getting better now now richard i can't be more specific 
specific on that because I just don't have enough information. Uh, but you know, if you want to reach out to me for some counseling uh, for you and 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 your your wife or whatever, we we can do that and we can dive deep into this as deep as you want to go. Uh, but but we need also need to understand uh, one thing that I've learned is that it's not about you. And, and, and all marriage couples need to understand that. In marriage, people need, need to realize it's not about you once you say, I do. Let me say that again. It's not about you once you say, I do. It's about the other person. So it, like in my relationship, I say, if I put my wife first, and if she puts me first, then guess what? Both of our needs are taken care of, whatever those needs might be. You know. Now, on the other side, because this is men's show, hey, women, I want to say this to you. A couple of weeks ago, I did introduce a subject uh, in this podcast called Do Your Job, where I was talking to the men about handling their business and their responsibility. It was directed at the man. But why? Because this is a man's show, and I got a fund of man asking this question, and if you listen to this, I'm going to tell you, you need to do your job, too. You know, you don't get a free pass. You know, you have a responsibility just as well as he has responsibility in that relationship. So hopefully that helped you out a little bit, uh, Richard. Uh, and if you need more, again, reach out to me and give me a little bit more information. Uh, we got time to take care of one more question. Let's see, we got, we've got Dan. Man, this Dan from California, too. Boy, this is a California day. Let me see. No, we got, so we have one Oregon, but we've got three California. So, Dan from California. Dan says, Carl, enjoying your show. But want to get your opinion on a social issue that's going on now. And uh, he says, it's called Black Lives Matter. Uh, okay. He says, I know you're an African-American by your picture on the advertisement. So, uh, uh, I, w- I want to know from your perspective, you know, what... what what are your thoughts about what's going on in the country right now uh, uh, with this this movement? Well, Dan, I say first of all, wow, and again, I say, you know, uh, uh, you guys are doing what you're supposed to do. Put me on the spot. That's what we need to talk about. That's what the program's all about. So uh, it is a major issue going on right now, and and we need to deal with it. But but I will say first of all, we can we can only do so much with this in a 15 minute segment. And, and and even in this segment, I only have a few minutes to talk about this, so I don't even have 15 minutes. But, but but being that you brought it up and being that I'm a public figure, I'm going to tell you, you know, what my thoughts are of it. And uh, hopefully this will help you out a little bit. Now, what I want to do is I want to introduce you all to a word that I think we overlook, and it's called T-O-O-2. T-O-O. And I want you to, I, I want to say that because I, I, I want to use that to explain what's going on. Now, listen to me. All lives matter. Let me be clear. White lives matter. Asian lives matter. Latino lives matter. Indian lives matter. Muslim lives matter. Christian lives matter. Police lives matter. Firemen lives matter. Gay lives matter. And black lives too. T-O-O. See, the, the, the phrase is a figure of speech that assumes inclusiveness. See, I actually wish the, the, the Black Lives Matter organizers would have just added that one word in there, a T-O-O, because that's really what they're really talking about. 
You know, it would have been easier if it had been added in there because I think a lot of people are missing the picture and creating a divide where one does not need to be. Let me see if I can illustrate this point a different way. Years ago, there was a movie out uh, called A Time to Kill. You remember Samuel L. Jackson and uh, Matthew McConaughey were in there. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson had been um, uh, arrested for basically uh, murder because he had shot somebody who basically, the guys had uh, uh, raped and, and urinated and beat his little girl uh, who was on her way uh, back from school. So uh, it was a, a, a real touching kind of movie. And Matthew McConaughey was, was his attorney. And I remember Matthew McConaughey in his uh, closing remarks because everybody was trying to tell him he shouldn't even take the case for one. And it was in a, a southern town that was uh, uh, heavy with racism. So it was a real hot uh, court case and, and had the whole community in uproar and you had half on one side and half on the other. And it was going to be hard to get a fair trial. But I remember in Matthew McConaughey's closing remarks, he told the audience, he said, I want you to listen. And he said, I want to tell you a story. And he told them to close their eyes. And he told them a story about a little girl, you know, I don't know eight, nine years of old age walking from home, uh, walking home from school one day in her innocence, just minding her business, skipping along and all of this. And he says she ran across a group of men and these group of men attacked her and they beat her and they tied her up and they, they urinated on her and they damaged her organs to the point that she'll never be able to have children again in their life, in her life. And Matthew McConaughey told the jurors, he said, can you see this? Can you see this little girl? And uh, you could see the tears on a lot of the jurors' face because their eyes were closed as they were hearing the story. He was just, the story, he was just painting a picture for them. And then he threw a bomb. And he said, now I want you to pretend that this girl was white. And all the eyes opened up on the jury because he, he had tapped into something. And what he made them to realize is that they would respond one way if they knew the girl was white and a different way being that she was black. That, what, what I'm saying is what he was trying to basically let them understand is that black lives matter, too. Y'all with me? Too. It is an inclusion statement, not an exclusion. Everybody. All lives matter, but black lives matter, too. And I'm here to tell you, you know, look, I've been in uh, corporate America for years and, uh, you know, I've had the experience where both of me and my peers would both leave work at the same time. We'd be driving the same type car, going in the same direction to the same neighborhood. But en route, I get pulled over and he didn't get pulled over. And I had to explain to him one day that all I'm saying is Black Lives Matter, too. It's, it's an inclusion statement. So what we have to understand fundamentally as, as well as the world in which we live in, here, here's, here's the real deal, the truth about it. 90% of all people in this world are good people. 
and I'm going to say 90 plus percent. 90 plus percent of blacks are good people, of whites are good people, of Asians are good people, Latinos are good people, Muslims are good people, Christians are good people, foreigners are good people, gays are good people, and police are good people. 90 plus percent of all of them are good people. But until the 90 percent starts speaking out against this 10 percent who are staining your brand, then we're going to continue to have stuff that's going on in the society. I don't believe that that's how we are. I think we're better than this. I think we as people on the face of this earth, no matter what country you're in, we're better than this. The 90 plus people need to percent need to speak out. And let people know, let those in their in their world know, hey, this stuff's not right. All lives matter. And that's my statement on this particular subject for the few minutes that I had uh, to be able to deal with this. We're going to take a break. So I'm going to leave you with that thought and we'll be right back. We'll be heading to our man down section. We'll be right back. This is Carl Bobo with Fundamentals. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Encouraged and connected on our lively, award-winning, healthy living power hour. Star Style, Be the Star You Are, with hosts Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany. Live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Tune in to the Power Party for positive, uplifting, life-changing talk radio. Visit StarStyleRadio.com. Think of anybody who does not want a better life and to be a better person? Think about that for a second. Almost everyone wants to be better, but how does one go about doing that? One thing that is making people better every week is tuning into the Self-Improvement Show with Dr. Irene Conlon. All real change comes from within, but many of us don't know where to find the information or guidance we need to make the changes that bring about the improvement. Most of us don't know how to work within. Listen Thursdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Empowerment. This is Fundamentals with Carl Bobo. To connect with our show, please send an email to carl at choose2embracelife.com. That's K-A-R-L at choose, the number two, embracelife.com. Now, let's get back to Fundamentals. All right, all right. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hey, I do want to start off before we hit this man down. And just again, thank you all that uh, have sent in some questions. Uh, they are coming in a little bit uh, faster now. And uh, I see you guys starting to ask some serious questions. You know, you got to put, put me on the spot a little bit. Uh, but I do appreciate it because this is what it's about. I mean, I probably would have never addressed any of those subjects or may have got to them down the road. I don't know uh, if you hadn't sent some things in. So I want you to know that's what it's about. Send in what you want to talk about. And if I'm not in, uh, ha- have any expertise on that particular subject, I'll make sure that we get some people on the program that does and see if we can answer those questions. It's about you, Fundament. 
It's what it's all about. And let's see what we can do. All right. We've come to that last part of our program. That's uh, always one of my favorite ones because it's called Man Down. And uh, this is where we help the men who are down to get back up again. And we usually try to attack this this particular uh, part of the program from whatever subject or topic that we're dealing with. So today's topic is, again, our actions or your actions define your name. Your actions define your name. So how do you restore a damaged name? You know, if, if maybe something you've done, you, you've made so many mistakes out there in life that, that your name is now damaged, is it actually possible to restore it? And if we can, what are the steps to do that? So I'm going to give you a few things that uh, I think can help you restore a name because I actually believe that you can restore a name. I don't believe that uh, anything should be permanent. That, that you can you can get back up again. So I'm going to give you uh, what I call 10 action steps to help redefine your name. 10 action steps to help redefine your name. So if, if you're not driving and you can sit down and, and write some of this stuff down, I definitely encourage you to. And if you're driving, just go ahead and keep driving. Uh, one thing I love about podcasts, you can go play this back again later on and you can write down uh, some points uh, uh, as you see fit. So point number one of the 10 action steps to help redefine your name. First thing I want you to do is remember, do what you say you're going to do. Now let me, let me, let me say that again. Do what you say you're going to do. Have you ever asked someone and expected somebody to do something for you and they failed to deliver. We've all been in that situation before. How do you feel about them when they let you down and, and don't deliver on what they promised to deliver for you? Maybe they promised to, to pick you up and take you somewhere. Maybe they promised to uh, meet you at a certain place. Maybe they promised, regardless of what it is, somebody has made a commitment to you. And then they don't follow through on their commitment. How do you feel about them? Opposite. How do you feel about someone who did deliver to you? Now, you've got a different feeling about the person who actually followed through on what they said that they would do. Fundament, aim to be that person. Be the person that does exactly what you say you're going to do. Let, let people be a person that people can count on your word. When you give your word and you say you're going to do something, be that person. That's the first step in redefining your name. Number two, go out of your way to help others reach their goals. Say it again. Go out of your way to help others reach their goals. You know, being a reputable goes beyond a concern for yourself and self-interest. I want you to foster a mindset of helping other people. That's that's what it's all about. You know, you you talking about redefining your name when people get start talking about you and your reputation starts preceding you that this is a person who goes out of his way to help others reach their goal. That 
that's a clear way of helping to redefine your name. That will catch on very clearly. People can see it, people appreciate it, and you're helping others. And remember, notice I didn't say help one person. I said go out of your way to help others, plural, reach their goals, plural. You know, when you help somebody reach their goal, they'll never forget you. They'll remember you. They'll appreciate you. You know, I, I think about some of the things that I was able to accomplish in life and some some goals uh, that I was able to reach. And nobody reaches their goals all by themselves. You always have somebody that's helping you. And I do appreciate those uh, along the way that have helped me. Look, there's a friend of mine who introduced me to this even this whole the, the, the Voice America radio station and and recommended me. So I get it. You know, go out of your way to help others reach their goals. That's a good way to start redefining your name. Number three, make other people look good. Now think about that now. Make other people look good. Now notice this is kind of opposite of what we normally do. Because the reality of it is, most people are concerned with making themselves look good. But we're talking about redefining your name. We're talking about somebody whose actions have damaged their name, whose actions have made themselves look bad in front of others. You can't have a selfish mindset when you have the damaged name. The way that you redefine your name, reestablish your credibility with other people is when you make other people look good. Let me tell you something. We've all been thrown under the bus before by somebody, and that doesn't make you feel good. But what does make you feel good is when people go out of their way and, and help make you look good. And that's what life's all about. And you know, you actually start feeling better about yourself when you start helping other people to 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 feel good uh, about themselves and to look good and accomplish great things. So if you're on the job, it doesn't matter, you know, help, help those on your job to look good. If you're in the school, so help people there to look good. If Even if you're not working, you know, and the people you con- come in contact with, help other people look good. This will help you to redefine your name. Number four, go a step beyond what is expected. Now again, what are we talking about? Redefining your name. So don't do just simply what, what you've been asked to do. You're trying to, I mean, you're trying to improve your name. Matter of fact, somebody with a good name can get away with that. They can do what simply they've just been asked to do. But, but not you. Not when you're trying to redefine your name. You got to go a step beyond what is expected, and you'd be surprised what people what people uh, will pick up when they see you going a step beyond what's expected. I remember, you know, you know, great athletes they do this on a regular basis, they, you know, the, the truly great athletes, I mean, the superstars, you know, they do more. I was uh, reading something about uh, LeBron James one day, and they were talking about his career, 
and they say, what do you think has was a defining moment of your career really impact you in, uh, the most? And he caught people off guard. He said that that Olympic team that he was on with Kobe Bryant, and he said he would go to work, uh, he would show up and uh, uh, to practice. And he said when he got to practice, Kobe would already be drenched in sweat. He had already been there for a long period of time working out, and it's when he realized the 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 work ethic and those that literally want to be great at some things they go a step beyond than what's expected. You know, practice didn't start to one, but Kobe was there at 9 a.m. So go beyond what is expected if you're trying to redefine your name. Uh, next one, look the part. First impressions make a big difference. If you're trying to change, redefine your name, make sure you look the part. People make judgments before you even open your mouth. So clean yourself up, present yourself right. And uh, you'd be surprised how that helps to redefine your name. Number six, consider your body language. Body language tells a whole lot about you. Fundamentally, we need to understand that. Body language, our body language sends messages to people. So watch your body language. Make sure that uh, what's with the language that you're portraying through your body is positive. It's, 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 it's good energy and people can see those things from you. Yeah. Number seven, be consistent. Be consistent. And what I mean by that is show the same great qualities to everyone every day. Don't be one of those sometimey people. If you want to redefine your name, is people need to see consistency. When they see this dude is the same person every day, He's handling this business. He's good. He's happy. He's go lucky. I mean, positive energy. Be consistent. That helps to redefine your name. Number eight. Act with integrity. I mean, that, that I, I shouldn't even have to say that, but but rather we, we have to say act with integrity. Keep in mind, what, what is the subject today? Your action define your name. Your actions define your name. So therefore, act with integrity. Again, this should be the foundation for everything that you do. Act with integrity. Number nine, get engaged with your community and do some volunteers. Somehow connect to the community. That's a good way of restoring your name and, and, and redefining it, uh, is getting involved in the community. Uh, people like to see that. Let them see you, that you care, and it's not simply about you. And then the last one, we'll finish this up this with this one, is be likable. You know, smile. Shake people's hands. When you're out in public, go out there and go meet some strangers. Don't always hang around with people that you know, but, but put a smile on your face, confidently walk up to different people, introduce yourself to them. And if you do all of these 10 things, you can help, you can, they can get you on the right pathway to redefining your name. And I guarantee you'll make a difference. Hey, look here, our time uh, has flown by very quickly today, but I've enjoyed it. And until we meet again on next week, you know what I always say from the men, man up and man out.
We'll talk to you next week. Thanks for listening this week to Fundamentals. Please join your host, Carl Bobo, again next Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have an awesome week.